Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Ooh. North Point Plus. We keep counting down every week. That's The numbers yeah. keep going up. We're, we're out of hands and fingers. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Uh, this is our follow-up podcast. Uh, we gather together every Sunday morning, and we have time uh, just to get together to worship, to dive into the Word, to just hang out with one another. Yeah. And this is a continued opportunity to do the same thing. Um, we're not singing <laughs> in this podcast, so it's no. not the exact same thing. It's not the exact same thing. But we're glad you're here. <laughs> but we are glad you're here. Uh, so you guys submit questions. We love we love diving into questions, uh, and we use this podcast just to keep the conversation going. So, Rick, we are continuing in our series on Jesus yeah. leading up to Easter, which is right around the corner. Yes, it's coming <laughs> if, quickly. If people need to check their calendars, it's it's a few days away as, yep. as of the time we post this podcast. Um but we're in the middle. Uh, we're in the middle towards the end of our series called "Jesus Is," where yeah. every week we've been looking at who Jesus is. And you did a really great summary in your message yesterday, just talking about you know every week we looked at Jesus' power over death. He's worthy. He's king. He's serious. He's the Lamb. He's human. That's what we talked about yesterday. So, yeah. Um, give me, give me that. Give me the summary of what we talked about yesterday. Where what what do we mean when we say Jesus is human? Yeah, it's it's funny because it. That was the title of the message, and it really was the focus in the sense that when we understand that Jesus was fully human, that he experienced emotions, he experienced physical pain, he experienced um, the disappointment that that we all go through— that that's significant because it means that we're not alone, that it means that the things that we experience that are so devastating, that are so hurtful, that, that make us depressed, that make us uh, feel like, like, like we can't make it through, Jesus has been there. And, yeah. that, and that really is a message of hope, um, yeah. and, it's, and it's a message really uh, that takes us back to the reality that... that um, what Jesus experienced was horrible because we know how horrible things are for us and for the Son of God to have to go through that in yeah. a broken world is, is just beyond comprehension. So we, so we looked at that specifically in the context of from the time that the um, Jesus and the disciples celebrating the Passover together, yep. moving forward, they leave the upper room, they go down, they sing a, a, a hymn yeah. together, <laughs> and then go down into, uh, go through the Kidron Valley over to the Mount of Olives to the Garden of Gethsemane, and then Jesus prays there. And, um, and it's that famous section of Scripture where Jesus says, not, not my will. God, is, isn't there any way that this cup can be, that, that I don't have to drink from this cup, yeah. but not my will, but yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all of the humanity of Jesus in that desire to not have to go through yeah. what he went through for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a powerful, powerful message that unfortunately we just gloss over. So I'm glad yeah. we took the time to sit with it and we're going to sit with it more today. But before we dive into questions, yeah. we have some housekeeping. <laughs> we got Good. a question about coffee on Sunday morning. Oh! <laughs> Is that a question that you want to address? Um, that's the, a, no. On this podcast? <laughs> Good. I'm glad you let us know that. Hey, I just want to say this. Um, in the podcast, I don't want to answer questions like that. But um, if you do have a question about just logistical stuff, easiest thing to do is to send it in an email to info at northpointcc.org. And, um, and that way we can respond to it, get it taken care of. We won't do that on the podcast. Yes. We like coffee. Coffee's good. <laughs> that, sending it there, make sure it gets to the right person 
at the yes. right time, and they will actually be able to take care of it. Yeah, and, and we can have a conversation then too. Yeah. So that's great. All right, uh, second kind of logistical question. So yeah. yesterday you brought up, which was it was so great to be actually be notified about it, but the issue going on in uh, Sri Lanka, the yeah. issue going on with our missionaries that are stationed there. Um, and so it might be good just to give a quick summary of that here too, but yeah. someone asked the question, is there a way for us to give money to what's going on there? So unpack what's going on there, and then what's the best way to help? Yeah, the, um, there is a political situation going on in Sri Lanka right now where um, there are uh, uh, tremendous protests against the government, and um, and the government's responded by really kind of shutting stuff down. And so for all of the Sri Lankans, is that I is that what you call people from Sri Lanka, I guess? I guess we'll say that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for, for everyone who is living there, they're experiencing uh, an economy that's, that's just completely stifled, that there's not enough gas, not enough, uh, uh, a lot of the normal things that you have to have to live. Yeah. And, um, and so there, the, our missionaries, uh, Laminda and, and De- Denise Ubeyawancha, are just trying to struggle through that. So I, I have been corresponding with, with Laminda. He talked about their needs and, and just kind of what's going on. They're safe, but they're like everybody in Sri Lanka. They're just trying to survive yeah. without some of the basic necessities of life. So the, I think the question that came in was, is there a way to give towards, uh, to give to them? Yep. Um, and specifically with, uh, well, let me just say this. At North Point right now, we're not going to do a special offering for, for um, Ube Iwanchas, um because their need is not financial right now. It really is a need for people to pray mm. that God would provide for them because it's not an issue that they don't have enough money to buy stuff. It's that there's just not stuff to buy. Right, they can't get it. Yeah, it's not physically there. It's like going to the gas station, and there's no gas. It doesn't matter how much money you have. There's no gas. Um, So that's kind of the situation. If God puts it on your heart, um, if the Holy Spirit leads you to say, man, I want to give to to, um, Denise and Laminda, um, the easiest thing to do is to give that directly through Christian Missionary Fellowship right yeah. now. They're there. They are their sending organization. They're in Indiana Christian Missionary Fellowship, and um, and market for for ubes ube awanchas, mm-hmm. and um, and they will get money to them that way. We can't do that. Like we don't do designated offerings through North Point unless we do a church wide. Um, effort that 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 we say this is what we're going to do, yep. and we're not doing that yet because that's not what the need is. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing is keep praying for them. Yep. Absolutely. That's, they're that's, they're great folks. Again, it, it it feels like that's the least that we can do, but really, right. like man, most that important has such, a, that has such a big impact. So pray for them. Yeah. Pray as you feel led. Um. Yeah. Pray that God moves. Yeah, and provides for them. Yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right, let's dive into some questions. Sure. Talk about Jesus being human. Uh, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about, which I think is really interesting, is that um, we've talked about this a little bit in the last few weeks as we've gone through the series that, oh, this story is in John, and you can also get a little yeah. bit of it in Mark and in Matthew and in Luke. Um, but yesterday, I think, is probably the most we've really dived in and seen that, okay, we, we were primarily reading through Matthew and yeah. then we would kind of duck out a little bit and say, oh, this is what Luke says about it. And this is how Mark renders this same story. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that process of you know, preparing a message, or, or not even in the context of preparing a message, just studying your Bible. And you have yeah. these accounts where Matthew tells a story and Mark tells it a little different in a different section of his gospel. And Luke tells his side of the story and how, we, how it was told to him. Talk about how we harmonize those gospel accounts and really see the story unfold 
in God's Word? That's, that's a great question. There are, there are lots of tools that you can use that, that can help do that for you. I, th- I think there's not anything better than, than just taking it out and, and looking at yeah. those passages together. So in your Bible, if you've got, if you've got a, a tactile, a, a paper Bible as opposed to an electronic one, um, a lot of times at the heading it will say, like in this instance, we're in Matthew 26, and it, and it will say, Jesus prays in the garden as the heading or whatever. And then underneath it, it will probably say um, Mark 14 with the verses that are there, and it'll say uh, Luke 22 and the verses that are there, and then any reference in John that's there as well. Yeah. And when you read down through... Um, you just get a little bit different flavor because yep. Matthew's take on it is going to be different on Mark. Mark's source was Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark wasn't there, uh, although he he actually may have been there. Right. Um, we don't know for sure. Yeah. But, um, uh, and and Luke is going to um, have the perspective of uh, an historian mm-hmm. who interviews people. Um, right. uh, about what happened. So they're all going to tell things just a little bit differently and, and give just a, a different perspective. Harmonizing is the process, uh, just like it sounds, of bringing the three of them together and say, okay, if I take this person's perspective and this person's perspective and this person's perspective, how do I put those together to try and get the whole picture? Mm-hmm. And there are some, I, I thought that there were just some really, really interesting things yeah that came through the eyes of each of those authors to bring that together. So, so what I do when I study is, um, I, like, I, I do almost all my stuff electronically. So I, I cut and paste out of Matthew 26, had that on a piece of paper. And I cut and paste, I actually I had that on screen, mm-hmm. cut and paste uh, the section from Mark 14, yep. cut and paste the section from Luke 22, looked at all three of those together, and then just went down through little by little to say, okay, this is what they say here, this is what they say. Oh, that's really interesting. All of a sudden, then you realize that Matthew says that Jesus says, my father. Mm. And then you realize that Mark says, Abba, father. Um, th- uh, that's not a contradiction. Right. It's right. um, it's it's the uh, what they heard, what they saw, how that gets expressed in in a really cool way that all of a sudden it it fleshes it out yep. and and takes it maybe from black and white into color. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And we, we were talking earlier about uh, the details that Luke includes. Again, Luke is coming from this historical yeah. perspective of he's having eyewitnesses tell him the account. So Luke is just recording like, hey, this seems really important because multiple ke- people told me the story. Uh, but Luke records that <laughs> sometime after dinner maybe on the way to the garden or maybe they're at the garden. Maybe it's just after Passover or at some point the disciples just start arguing yeah. again <laughs> about who's most important right after they're told that someone is going to betray Jesus and their response is, well, I'm the best. So it probably is not me, <laughs> which is just an interesting detail. Yeah. It's, it is so interesting that that, that, that discussion over who's going to be the greatest takes place on Passover evening <laughs> Either around the table in one of those free for all kind of conversations that that yeah. go on, or as they're walking, and and we don't really know for sure. Yep. But when you when you bring those those accounts together, yeah. it's like, wait, that happened then. That's <laughs> I I never thought of that. Never realized that. Yeah, yeah, and that's where you, I think you, you yeah you mentioned it because you you brought up Ricky. Yes, <laughs> Rick and Ricky. Yeah, uh, but that's where you get that detail of Simon. Not acting like Peter, and so yeah. he's called out as Simon, 
that Simon, you know, Jesus calls Simon Simon instead of calling him Peter, the Rock, right? Um, saying that Satan wants to to sift you out, or to well, yeah, he actually. It, it's interesting. It's in Luke twenty, and yeah, and Luke twenty two, where it's describing that conversation mm-hmm. about who's going to be the greatest, and Jesus says, "Hey, Simon, Simon, Satan wants to sift you like wheat," yeah. um, and it's because. Peter, Simon Peter, is saying, oh, no, no, I'm never going to betray you. I'm never going to betray you. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with you to death. And, and Jesus says, Simon, Simon, which then uh, Luke records as well that, um, I think it was Luke, I'm, uh, the passages have kind of blended together since yesterday, um, but the, that whole concept that um, when, when Peter, James, and John are asleep, Jesus says, Simon, couldn't, couldn't you stay awake even for one hour? Yeah. And he was, he was saying again, you're not, you're not living out what you've been called to. You're, you're not living up to the standard yeah. that, that uh, I've called you to and that you've already lived up to, that you recognize. You just need to be consistent. Yeah, and it's, it's so cool. And this, again, this just goes to the amazing, how amazing it is that Jesus develops Peter yeah. and works at this... I, I, I identify so much with Peter because he's so often an idiot. <laughs> and, and I see that in my own life, that yeah. I'm an idiot. Um, <clears throat> but having this really gentle way of reminding Peter, like it's not this harsh rebuke. It's right. not this slap in the face. It's Simon. <laughs> yeah. Simon. And Peter would hear that and be like, oh, I'm not supposed to be Simon. I'm supposed yeah. to be Peter. Um, but even having that as that that loving way of rebuking Peter, and we hear rebuke, and we often think of this like really slapping harsh, him around, slapping. yeah, slapping. It's like oh, Simon, Simon. Uh, I just love that. It's so cool. Yeah, we, we um, one other part in the message that I just thought was so interesting, and it just kind of gets lost, is that Jesus says to the disciples that that they're going to be scattered, that it's going to fulfill a prophecy that they're going to be scattered. And on Friday night, when we take a look at what happens, you'll see that, that they run away when when the guards come, when um, Judas comes, and they take Jesus away. They're all going to flee. That's what they hear. And Jesus says, hey, look, I'm going to see you again when I rise, when I've risen. And they miss it completely. It's like, <laughs> wait, what? That, that, that's what you would think that they would say. Yeah. And when we, re- when we read through it, that we just kind of skip over that. Yeah. Uh, because Jesus says, you're going to be scattered. And then they start defending themselves. And we miss the fact that he says, no, I'm going to rise again. Yeah. And I'm going to see you in Galilee. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool stuff. It's uh, yeah. There's so many cool details. So yeah, it's that's one of my favorite things to do in the Gospels is look and say, okay, I'm reading through the Gospel of John. How does Mark tell this same story? Yeah. Does Mark even tell the same right. story? Because Mark might not tell it. Um, so it's really cool looking through and and trying to get that fuller picture just by harmonizing, bringing yeah. all those accounts together is really cool. And and when we've talked about it, we've talked about it in a, in a separate podcast as well about how Scripture is put together. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are what are called the synoptic gospels. Yep. That means that synoptic, the optic is view, sin is Greek, same. Mm-hmm. They have the same view. So they tell many of the same accounts yep. in all three uh, on all in all three of those gospels. Yep. John's is not one of the synoptic gospels. No. John has so much material that is distinctive yeah. 
and and is is written the latest of the four gospels yep. and um and it's like john said no wait a second there's too many things we've left out of the uh, of, of the other book uh, of the other biographies of jesus yeah you need to know this yeah you already he, know these stories yeah. but you i don't, don't need to retell that stuff here's the stuff that 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 we've not really talked about yeah it's really cool that's yeah. why i love johnny so weird yeah it's good stuff. All right, here's a here's a great question. And again, this is one of those things. I think we talked about this in another podcast where we talked about uh, one of our longer podcasts about what is God. We talked about this concept of yeah. the Trinity. But someone asked a, uh, an important question that I think is worth addressing again. Um, when Jesus is praying in the garden, yeah, isn't he praying to himself? So we know that Jesus is human. We've talked about that in the message. But Jesus is also God, right? So if he's praying to God. Is he just praying to himself? Is he God in the flesh? He prays to himself. The person said, this always confuses me. This isn't just you. This, con- this yeah. is a confusing thing. And uh, that's why it's worth addressing again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's important to understand that God is expressed in three different forms, but yet he's one. Right. How's that work? I don't know exactly. I mean, I, I there are lots of descriptors yeah. for that. Um, the to me the my go-to is is really water. Mm-hmm. Water can be solid, it can be liquid, and it can be gaseous. It can yeah. be steam. Um, they're all water. Yep. Um, but that's three different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus was fully God, and yet he was fully man. Mm-hmm. And so when he was on earth, there was some level of separation. Mm-hmm. Um, from him to God. So when he prayed, he wasn't praying to himself. He was praying to God the Father, yeah. um, uh, who he was separated from. Yeah. Um, it's why Jesus said on the cross, God, why have you forsaken me? There, There's distance there. The Holy Spirit who lives in us now um, is, is God mm-hmm. that lives in us. That expression of God is different than God the Father who's in a heaven who's being worshipped right now. It's different than God in flesh, the the Word that became flesh in Jesus. And so um, he was praying to the Father, um, and and the Father had the ability to intervene. Jesus could have utilized his power and his his position as the Son of God to change everything, but he, Philippians says, humbled himself, made himself like a servant, um, so that ultimately he might be lifted up. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that. It's that's the important thing to note is that Jesus could have yeah. done that. I think yeah. I think he says that at one point. Like, yeah. I, don't you know that I could have called on a legion of angels, yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't. Right. Um. And so that's that's the important thing to recognize is that it's again the Trinity is a weird yeah. concept because there's nothing like the tr- there's things that are kind of like like you brought right. up water or like people who use the egg Chris brought up the tennis shoe I think yeah. in our old podcast and yeah. he still hasn't explained what that is yeah so I'm still waiting for Chris to explain the tennis shoe analogy um but yeah the, this concept of Jesus not just the human Jesus but the always Jesus how right. you want to call it the God Jesus has always existed. So there's yep. never been a point in the Trinity where there was only the Father and then the Son came along and right. then the Spirit. They've always, all three existed. They're all 100% God. It's not that the Holy Spirit is 33% God and Jesus is 33% God and the Father's, th- they're all right. 100% God and 100% distinct and separate, yep. but the same. So yeah, that, I think that's the cool thing is that when you're in the garden with Jesus, you you see through Jesus' humanity 
this desperate plea yeah. from the son to the father of please let this cup pass from me. Um, and that's what that is a picture of how the Trinity communes with one another. Right. That the Trinity, the Father, you know, long before creation ever existed, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit existed, and they would talk with one another yeah. and commune with one another and and have back and forth. And this small snippet that we get in the garden is a picture of what it is like for them to communicate with one another. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. It's hard to understand. <laughs> it's it's funny as you're talking. I'm thinking you're talking about the garden and talking about the Garden of Gethsemane, and I'm thinking about oh, yeah. <laughs> in the Garden of Eden in in creation in Genesis one. If yeah. you take Genesis one and John one, where John says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." Yeah. And uh, and then you look at Genesis one. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and He said, "Let there be light," yeah. and there was light. There. Looking at those two together, clearly there's God the Father and God the Son, who is the Word, yeah. and and um, and the Spirit hovers over the face of the deep. The Spirit's there too, and then ultimately God says, "Let us make man in our own image." Yeah, and uh, there there's just a cool thing that uh, again, yeah, been trying to figure it out for a lot of years yeah. and uh, still don't. If yeah, if anyone, have a handle on it. If anyone can cle- yeah. cleanly explain the Trinity in, in a succinct way, I mean, there's there's phrases that we can always default to, but as soon as you start unpacking it, it's like, and I think that's what God wants is yeah. that He is wholly ununderstandable because yeah. He's infinite. He's wholly unlike us. So for me to boil it down and say the Trinity is three persons in one being. Yes. yes. <laughs> and like just to boil it down to like, oh, well, yeah, that's that's so simple. It's like, no, God is right. It's so complex. And that's why I like even going to John one, where John said in the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. Well, how can you be with what you was <laughs> like? Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. And yet it completely makes sense because that's just that's just who God is. Yeah. Is this complex and perfect being that shows himself in these ways. It's yeah. just really cool. His ways are not our ways. So if it always I confuses love. you, it's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> because if we fully understood it, then we'd be God. That would right. be bad. So someday we'll get it. Someday. All right. Next question, which uh, is probably a question that everyone asks. We're just afraid to ask it. Yeah. Why couldn't the disciples just stay awake in the garden? <laughs> so you, you, again, you're reading through this story. They go to the garden, and Jesus tells them, "Stay awake. Be watchful." And then he goes off to pray by himself. And then he comes back and they're all asleep. <laughs> and this happens again and again. <laughs> Why can't they just stay awake? Um, I, you know, I wonder if this is a great analogy or not. <laughs> but during finals week in college, mm. where there's a tremendous amount of pressure yep. and anxiety about what's going to go on and just a lot of pressure on how everything's going to play out. You stay up late at night, you're studying, and you get to a place where it's quiet, <laughs> and it's like, oh, I feel so good. I'm just going to close oh. my eyes for, a, for just 10 seconds. <laughs> and 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 you're gone. I, I think that they understood. Uh, they heard Jesus' heart. I think that they probably, you know, if you've if you've tried to pray for a long period of time yeah. without clear direction, uh, it's just easy. 
Yeah. It's just easy to fall asleep. And so even though their heart was in the right place, yeah. uh, that's why Jesus said your spirit's willing, mm. but your flesh is weak. Yeah. Um, and they had they had had a big meal. Again, it, it, they didn't have a wafer and a little thing of juice. <laughs> they had a full meal yeah. and walked for a mile. And it's kind of like, you know, Thursday afternoon of Thanksgiving mm. where you eat the meal and... Yeah. You do a little exercise and you turn on the football game and you're out. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was just the reality of the situation. We, we tend to, like I said at the end of the message, we tend to sanitize it and just think, oh, what was the, what was the deal? It's eight, nine o'clock at night, surely they sh- should have been able to stay awake for an hour. Yeah. Um, but I, I think their humanity yes. shone through in... in uh, in just a a real realistic kind of way. Yeah, I think that's that's the piece of their humanity versus Jesus' humanity, where Jesus is fully human and also knows what's coming. Right. Like can see ten minutes down the road, an hour down the road of I know I know what to expect. I know I'm going to experience incredible pain, incredible spiritual pain, the wrath of God, like all of these things are in Jesus' mind. And the yeah. disciples have an understanding where Jesus has explicitly told them, this night's not going to be fun. Be watchful. And to some extent, they just they can't fully see what's coming down the road. And so, yeah, you're tired. You've had a big meal. If you've tried to pray for 10 minutes, let alone yeah. an hour, eventually you get to the point where it's like, okay, I've, okay, I already prayed for that. And you just kind of... yeah drift into silence. And and I do think even as much as Jesus had warned them mm. I don't think that they had a full yeah uh, concept not I don't even think they had a partial concept of what it would look like because it this is Thursday night right. and on Sunday the whole city had come out and cheered for him. Right. And so even though Jesus had turned over the the temples uh, the tables in the temple yeah. and there had been that big altercation with lots of energy involved in that. Right. Um, it's just four days later. And, <laughs> right. and so for them to think that, I, I don't think that they had any sense of what was going to happen that night. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Even with Jesus warning. Yeah. Well, and even like, that's why we can, it's cool to look at those details like that story from Luke where Jesus tells them, one of you is going to betray me. And their response is, well, I'm the best. <laughs> like, again, you just don't, they don't. And it's, again, if we're in the same position, we wouldn't, it's not like we would know any better. We have the benefit of th- thousands of years of hindsight. Right. <laughs> and being able to read the Bible and be like, oh, well, duh, Judas is going to betray him and yeah. Christ is going to be crucified. He put his hand in the bowl. Yeah. yeah. But like when you're in that moment, it clear, and that's why it, it's so cool to have these gospel accounts that the, disi- the disciples and their eyewitness accounts are honest, where they're right. just like, we didn't get it. We didn't right. understand what was happening. We were fighting about who was best when Jesus was wrestling with the the concept of being murdered. Yeah. And that, that was their default response was, well, I'm better than John. Yeah. <laughs> so they yeah. just, yeah, there's that. Yeah, and and Jesus didn't say, in the next two hours... This is when it's going to happen. Right. So right. he said, yeah, it's going to happen. But they had to think, okay, it's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> when? It's, right. it's, yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Last question, um, which I think it probably circles around the, the whole conversation we're having. Uh, why do we so often forget that Jesus was human? 
And how can we best remind ourselves that he's not this distant deity that doesn't understand us? And that, I think, is so true of church at large, is that we always paint this picture of Jesus as, and we talked about this, we have a a longer podcast coming out where we talk for a long time about who is Jesus. And that's something that we talk about a lot. Oh, someone wants to talk about Jesus. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, That we just end up painting this picture of this, this perfect Jesus, which he is, but we leave out the humanity that Jesus got frustrated and that Jesus got tired and that Jesus was hungry and that Jesus went through things of what it meant to be human. That, that was the experience that Jesus had. Why do we forget that? And how can we remind ourselves that Jesus is not only fully God, but he's also fully man? I think that we all tend to have selective memories hmm. about, about everyone. Yeah. So, um, so if somebody is to talk right now about... Um, uh, you pick you pick the person who's famous. Uh, it can be somebody famous. Yeah. So uh, right now, um, well, uh, my mind is are, is going so many places that it, <laughs> that it, that the illustration is just going to um, destroy itself. It's going to implode. Um, <laughs> but if if um, if you think about anyone that you know hmm. that you've that there's some distance between you. Sure. We have selective memories. We we focus on their good qualities or their bad qualities, their their weakness or their strengths very rarely. Like if you, if you ask me a question about Deb, I'm going to tell you great stuff about her. I know the things that are her weaknesses, mm. but that's not something that I'm going to dwell on. Sure. You talk to somebody who's been through a divorce, especially an ugly divorce, mm. And you ask them about the person they were married to, they're going to get a very selective view of of all of the issues that existed that that caused that relationship to break up. Mm-hmm. I think when we look back on Jesus, um, we think about him. I think we think about him alive, post resurrection. Mm-hmm. We don't really want to live in the harsh reality of what Jesus went through. Mm-hmm prior to the resurrection in, in, yeah. in the beating that he experienced in um, his crucifixion. I, I think we think about Jesus um, calming the sea in the middle of the storm. Mm. We don't want to think about Jesus looking at the disciples and saying, have I been with you so long and you don't understand? Yeah. Um, and, and the, and the um, hurt yeah. in that. Um, it's just, it's easy to, read and be selective. I think the way that we avoid that is to deepen our relationship with him um, and not have it be a third person kind of experience, mm. but, a, but a personal experience where we know him and he knows us. Yeah. And, um, and in that, we recognize the, um, just as, as he walks with us through life, it's there really is when you're when you're struggling, when you're in relationship with Jesus, you hear through the Holy Spirit. You hear Him say, "I've been there, mm. I've experienced that." It's like, "Oh yeah, you have." Mm. Um, and and so I would I would say, um, how do you avoid that? You just get to know Him better and better. You yeah. lean into that relationship, and and you keep 
you just keep the gospels coming into your into your head, into your heart, so that so that you really, really um, see him. That's it's it's why, um, I, you know, if you've been around North Point for very long, um, it keeps coming back to to Jesus in, in terms of our preaching. Yeah. Um, Jesus is at the heart. We talk about God, and obviously, God is uh, God is God the Father. And we talk a lot about him, but we talk, um, we teach, we emphasize Jesus because he is our older brother that makes it possible for us to have a relationship with God. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. And that's, what, yeah, I think the question of why do we often forget the humanity of Jesus is because Satan doesn't want us to remember that. Right. I mean, you think of every other religion that has come about in human history, and you don't, you don't build a God that's weak. You don't right. build a God that's human, that gets tired, that goes through pain. You build a God that is so far above everything that you're going yeah. through, and that shows their power. And that, I think, is the beauty of being a Jesus follower, is that that's not... I mean, God is all-powerful. Yeah. God is sovereign. God is in control. God is the creator of the universe. And God chose to reveal himself by sending himself as a man to experience what we experience, to go through the weakness of humanity. Right. And that's how he chose to relate to his creation. And that's totally different than what we think is best, which yeah. probably is why we know it's right. Yeah. <laughs> is that. It, it, it really is um, from Easter to Christmas, yeah. that whole concept of Emmanuel, mm. God with us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it, that's a great question. And yeah, I think yeah, the way that we remind ourselves of that is... Stick with Jesus. Yep. He's, he'll tell you the truth about himself. That's right. <laughs> Which is good. All right. Is there anything else that you want to leave people with, with the concept of the humanity of Jesus, Jesus being human, as we head into this uh, this holy week? We've got Good Friday coming up. Um, that'll be Friday at 7 o'clock. So be yeah. sure, mark your calendars for that. Join us for that. Obviously, we have Easter on Sunday. We'll celebrate that. Um, but what do you want to, is there anything you want to leave people with as yeah. we head into this week? Yeah. D- just trying to, just trying to um, take a step back. And, and to recognize that the first real heresy in the church mm. was about the nature of Jesus. Yeah. Either that Jesus wasn't human at all, yep. or that Jesus was only human yep. and not God. Um, that's, that, uh, that's a critical thing. And when we recognize that Jesus was fully God and fully man, and that Jesus in his humanity, experienced all that he did mm. that night and throughout his crucifixion. Yeah. My, my hope is that that creates hope in us. Yeah. Um, particularly when, when, when we uh, are overwhelmed, when, when we're feeling pretty hopeless, yeah. to know that Jesus was fully human yeah. is, man, that's something you can hold on to no matter what's going on, and know that he has walked where you walk. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Good last word. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Sure. Thank you for submitting questions. Yeah. Uh, be sure to join us for all the uh, everything going on this week. We have the prayer walk that's out in the back of our parking lot. That'll be up all week. Yep. You can come at any point. It's good. Yeah, it's, it, I'm really excited about it. So you can come at any point, walk through that. Uh, it's a good time to just be peaceful and quiet and do some quiet, reflective prayer. Um, So utilize that. That'll be up all week. We've got Good Friday on Friday at 7 o'clock. We've got three services on Easter 
9.45, and 11 o'clock. Um, all of those are going to be live streamed as well. So join us in person. Join us online. Um, this is going to be an awesome week. Awesome yep. week to celebrate. So thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.